0: Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Continue to stand with me in honor to the reading of the word of the Lord. Amen. God has certainly been good to us, and I'm thankful for his presence that I feel in this place. Hallelujah. If you feel the presence of the Lord, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven and ask the Lord to have his way in the remainder of this service. Oh, Holy Ghost, have your way here. I feel revival in the house, folks. Amen. I feel like we're getting ready to step into another dimension of God's anointing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The book of Joshua, chapter number six, and verse 26, and in the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 16. Amen. Thank the Lord. Joshua chapter number 6 and verse 26, if you found it, say amen. amen. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. Cursed be the man before the Lord that rises up and buildeth this city, Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn. That means that when he lays the foundation of Jericho again, that it will cost him the life of his firstborn child. And in his youngest son shall he set up the gates. If he keeps building and he doesn't stop, when he hangs the gates of the city, his second son will die. That's the curse. 1 Kings chapter number 16, and verse number 34. In his days did Heil the Bethelite, everybody say Bethelite. In his days did Heil the Bethelite build Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segub according unto the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua, the son of Nun. What a foolish man was Hile the Bethelite. I want to preach for a while this morning on the subject of rebuilding an old enemy. Rebuilding an old enemy. God, I pray for your anointing on me. Lord, your presence has moved here in such a mighty and powerful way. God, we felt your presence as we've worshiped you. I ask you, God, to anoint ears to hear what the Spirit would say. God, that by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, your Spirit would move here and open our understanding, give revelation, O oh God, And God, I ask you to let the power, the convicting power of the Holy Ghost move in this place. Help our hearts, oh God, to be open to you and our minds to be sensitive, oh God. Lord, because you want to talk to us, you want to help us today. And God, I pray that when we leave this place, we'll know that we've been in your presence and that you've worked and moved. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Give the Lord a good hand, clap of praise, and lift your voice in worship to him. Oh, let a shout of praise come up out of Bethlehem tonight. Let God and the devil both know somebody came to have church. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I mentioned a few moments ago that we're preparing for another trip to Israel, When we went in 2020, we were actually there at the time that the COVID lockdown came in America. We left the America we were used to and came back to what felt like a foreign country. When I left for Israel, you could buy toilet paper at Walmart and when I came back, you couldn't. While we were on that trip, thank the Lord we had a great time, but... We had a couple of disappointments, one of them being that the city of Bethlehem was closed because they had a COVID outbreak and so they wouldn't let us go to Bethlehem and they also wouldn't let us go to visit the city of Jericho, also because of a COVID outbreak at that time. The city of Jericho is no stranger to anyone that's familiar with Bible stories. It is one of the oldest cities in the world. It sits between Mount Nebo on the east, central mountains to the west, and the Dead Sea to the south. It benefits from the natural irrigation that's afforded it by the Jordan River. The Jordan River is only four miles to the west of the city of Jericho. Jericho was in that time especially an oasis in an otherwise barren desert. The city of Jericho is one of the lowest cities in the world, 800 feet below sea level in the Great Rift Valley that leads down from the Sea of Galilee towards the Dead Sea. The city of Jericho was an amazing sight. It was a wealthy city on the trade route from Africa to Asia because of the vegetation in the middle of the desert, it was a place where the merchants would stop, and there they would rest and recuperate from their journey before pressing onward on their trip to do merchant, merchandise in other areas. The city walls of Jericho reached as high as 50 feet, and in some places, 50 feet wide. Depending on what part of the city wall you were on the top of, It could fit three to six chariots wide, driven side by side on top of the walls. An awesome sight to see, especially in that time frame. To the tired and weary Israelites journeying out of Egypt and the wilderness towards Israel when they crossed the Jordan River. After some 40 years wandering in the wilderness, they come. Across the Jordan, and the first city they come to is this awesome city of Jericho. How could a nomadic wandering people coming out of bondage ever overcome such a fortified city as Jericho? They had no war machines, no catapults, nothing that could penetrate the walls of the city. They had no means to scale the walls. They were just a group of wandering herdsmen heading for a place that God was leading them. From a military standpoint, they had nothing in the sense of technology that could overcome the massive walls of the city of Jericho. The most fearsome thing about Jericho, however, was not its walls. The worst part about Jericho was their religion. They worshipped an idol by the name of Molech. Recent archaeological discoveries confirm the script the scripture record of centuries of idolatry in the city and the area surrounding Jericho. Jericho was known for idol worship, for sinful, uh, perverted sexual sins like sodomy and bestiality, sorcery, and child sacrifice. The city of Jericho was one of the most wicked cities in the history. Of the world. Each generation of inhabitants of Jericho polluted the land with their idolatry and their perversion and the shedding of blood. These parents in the city of Jericho they offered their children up as sacrifices to this idol this demonic idol named Molech. The ancient worshipers of Molech would take this bronze idol And they would build a fire under it and around it until the metal was glowing red hot. And then these parents would take their oldest child, their babies, and place their babies on the glowing red idol, Molech, and watch their babies burn to death. To them, they were ensuring the blessing of this demon God on the rest of their future, their finances, and their family. I read in a source that the walls of the city of Jericho were actually filled with the bones left over from the babies that they burnt to this God, Molech. When the flesh was gone, they would collect. When the idol cooled down, they collected the bones of these children and they would put them in the open spaces in the walls of Jericho. Now you know why God decided the walls of Jericho had to come down. God knew that if Jericho remained, that the land could never be holy. God knew that a a city built on such perversion and such murderous worship could never let the promised land really be a promise. And so for generations these worshipers of their moon god were wallowing in their perversion and sacrificing their children to these idols God knew that if that Jericho can't continue if this is going to be a land of promise and blessing Jericho must be destroyed. God knew That wickedness and holiness are incompatible. That you can't have a holy land and still have a place like Jericho and walls filled with babies' bones standing and it still be called a holy land. It can't be a holy land if it's a land where people or parents are sacrificing their children. an idol. So God knows if this is going to be a holy land then Jericho's walls must come down. Idol worship and holiness can't go together. God knows you can't worship him and coexist with such vile perversion and such vile wickedness. So Jericho must fall for it to become a holy land of promise. If Israel is going to become the people that God has called them to be. There cannot be a Jericho in the land. And so Jericho must come down. That kind of perversion can't continue and Israel reach their destiny at the same time. That kind of sin, the murder of babies, can't continue and Israel still reach their promise. Jericho's got to fall. The walls have got to come down. May I tell you this morning with no reservation at all that there is a call of God on the church in this generation to purify herself from the perversions of this world. Amen. We must understand we can't be holy and wicked at the same time. We can't be holy and worldly at the same time. We can't be godly and carnal at the same time. If we're going to reach our destiny, the Jerichos in our life have to come down. Amen. You can't be, you can't walk in your destiny and have Jericho areas in your life. Areas in your life. That are, that, that are full of wickedness and sinfulness and carnality and worldliness. You can't have areas in your life that are dedicated to the idols of this world and still walk in your destiny and the power and the glory of the promise that God has for your life. Can I just tell you right now that if you're in this place right now, God has a purpose and a plan and a destiny for your life. It may seem a long way off. It may seem impossible. But the fact that you're here this morning is proof that God has a promise for you. But if you're going to reach your promise, you got to bring down your walls of Jericho in your life. Your destiny and your sin can't coexist. You'll have one or the other. Canaan was the promised land, a land that God intended to be blessed, a land designed for the glory of God and for the worship of his name. For Israel to be the land of promise, Jericho can't remain. There is no room in my promise for a Jericho in my life. I got to get sin out of my life. I got to get worldliness out of my heart. Amen, I'm glad that God is wiping Jericho out of our hearts. Amen, you'll let me preach this morning. Jericho didn't fall by itself, my brothers and sisters. God brought Jericho's walls down. And look, you can't overcome stuff by yourself. you got to get in the presence of God if you're going to be delivered. You can't come to church and sit dead and expect to be set free from the things that bind you you got to let the presence of God come into your Jericho and bring your walls down. Amen. Can I, can, I attack, can I attack a mindset that the devil puts in people? The devil attacks people's minds when they come to church, and they know there's things in their lives that shouldn't be there, and they know there's sin and things that shouldn't be in their heart, and the devil says, you're a hypocrite if you worship. You're a hypocrite if you lift your hands. You're a hypocrite if you shout. Look, shouting when you got sin in your life doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you a candidate for deliverance. The devil's trying to keep you out of the presence of God because he knows that when God begins to move, that walls start to come down. That when the presence of God touches you, that cracks begin to form in the walls of your life. You better worship right now. If you have anything inside of you that wants to be free, if you have anything inside of you that wants to be whole, if you have anything inside of you that wants to be delivered, you ought to worship right now because it takes the presence of God to bring your walls down. You're not a hypocrite if you worship. You're not a hypocrite if you praise. You're a candidate to be set free. Glory to God. And I, I feel like we ought to just praise him right now. I feel deliverance in the house. Look, it doesn't matter how dirty you feel, you ought to praise God anyway because the only qualification for your worship is not purity, it's breath. And if you're breathing, you ought to praise God. God brought the walls down. The children of Israel, here, here, here we find That there is always a synergetic effect that happens when God works a miracle. Because Joshua and Israel had no ability to bring the walls down by themselves. That took God. Only God could shake the earth and break the foundations of Jericho and bring those walls down. But God had determined that I'll bring the walls down. But I'm not going to do it while you're sitting over there under the shade on the hillside and waiting for me to pour- perform for you like a circus clown or a monkey with a drum or a cymbal. I'm not going to be your entertainment. I'll bring the walls down, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk with me. I want you to get up and walk with me. And if you'll walk with me, I'll bring your walls down. But if you're going to sit down... I'm gonna sit down and if you're gonna lay down, I'm gonna lay down, but if you'll walk with me, I'll bring your walls down. Let me tell you, I'm not here for an event for God to touch me, I'm here to walk with God. If he'll bring my wall, I'll walk as long as you tell me to walk. They walked and they shouted, and when they walked and they shouted and they blew the trumpet, the worship, the voice, Brought the walls of Jericho down. Look, it's not enough just to walk. And it's not enough just to worship. You've got to walk and worship. I've known people over my life that could shout with the best of them. But they had no clue how to live for God when they weren't inside the building. They would shout up and down the aisles in the church house. And they'd drink in the bar room on Friday night. You don't want me to preach, but I'm going to anyway. They could shout in church all the time, but then they'd sit around and tell dirty jokes and cuss and all kinds of stuff with their buddies on Monday morning. God wants you to walk with him. If you'll walk with him, he'll bring your walls down. If you believe it, why don't you give God a hand clap of praise right now? Look, that's why we can't settle for dead, dry church. we got to have a shout that comes up out of this place, a shout of praise. I don't care if you're shouting, running. I don't care if you're rolling on the floor or sitting there crying with a hand up, whatever. Just so we're worshiping God, that's when deliverance comes into the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm. One of the things I'm struggling with now, in my, as as I'm starting to age, is I'm I'm starting to struggle a little bit, with, uh, with with trying to balance, the way my mind was framed and shaped by Pentecost, with the understanding that times change. And so I I don't want to be, when I was a kid, we called them old fogies. I don't think they use the term fogey anymore. I don't know what terms they use. Sometimes they, they talk to me and I don't have a clue what they're talking about. Somebody told me I had drip the other day. I started to wipe my nose. I didn't know they were complimenting the way I was dressed. I had no idea that's what that was. I thought I was having an old age problem. I don't always speak the language. So if somebody tells you you have drip before you punch them, find out what they're talking about. It might not be bad. But I have watched as I've traveled the country and the world that in some circles of Pentecost, that praise has become programmed. Well, praise God. Look, let's do, let's do all this together. Let's just all roll our, roll our eyes to me right now at the same time, get it over with. There he goes again. Just roll your eyes. Just do it. That way we can get it over with. I've been in churches where real, spontaneous worship hasn't happened in a long time. They know how to sway to the meat to the music. And all boys get up there and just hug up to each other and sway together. I feel like it's kumbaya, you know. And I I guess to a certain sense, I'm not against that. It's better than nothing. But God, I don't ever want spontaneous worship to go out of style in Bethlehem. I hope we don't forget how to shout while we're swaying to the music. Some churches have shouted their hair off. I hope we can still just shout ours down once in a while. God, I want spontaneous worship out of a heart that just wants to love you. Not to be pretty and not to be cute and not to be modern and not to look good on the camera, but just to worship from the depth of my soul. God, let the Holy Ghost fill this place. Let the I wish somebody still shout an old-fashioned kind of shout. It never goes out of style. It never gets old in God's eyes. That's the kind of stuff that brings walls down. People are tired of programmed, dead, dry religion denominations have learned that they can play our music and take a little bit of our worship a little hand clap and a little occasional wave and they've learned they can borrow that but don't let it go too far i don't want a watered down worship i want a spontaneous outpouring of the holy ghost if the whole world thinks we're crazy that's fine they know where to go when they need deliverance The church was born with the fire of the Holy Ghost. God, don't ever let me get tired of worship. When the walls of the city of Jericho fell, while the dust was still yet settled and the walls had crumbled down, as soon as the army had ransacked the city, Joshua gathers the people. And I had never, until I read this verse a few years ago, I never knew that Joshua had ever prophesied. I knew he was a leader. I knew he was a warrior. I knew he held Moses' arms up. I knew that that, that, that God had given him the ability to have the con, but I never knew that he prophesied. But in Joshua no, chapter number six and verse number twenty-six is the only prophecy that Joshua ever spoke. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man. Before the Lord that rises up and buildeth this city Jericho, he shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. Here's the same passage as written in the New Living Translation. At that time, Joshua invoked this curse. May the curse of the Lord fall on anyone who tries to rebuild the town of Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son he will lay its foundation and at the cost of his youngest son he will set up its gates. Joshua prophesied whoever rebuilds Jericho's foundation and gates it's going to cost him his children. God didn't want Jericho rebuilt. God brought those walls down for a reason. God brought that city down for a cause. And what God tears down, nobody ought to build back up. When God takes something out of your land, you should never build it back up. When God takes something out of your life, you should never bring it back. Yay! Oh, glory. But so it is. But so it is with man. That man has a short memory that when God begins to work in somebody's life, it may take days, it may take weeks, it may take months, it may take years, it may take generations. But at some point, it seems that man will forget what God had commanded. And so you turn the pages of your Bible and years and years and years go by until you come to 1 Kings chapter number 16 and the Bible says, "In his days did Hiel the Bethelite build Jericho? He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua the son of Nun. Hiel the Bethelite. The word Bethelite. The word Bethel in the Hebrew." means the house of God. The house of God. A Bethelite is somebody that comes from the house of God. And so you have this man named Hile who is a resident of the house of God. He knows about the presence of God. He knows about the goodness of God. He knows about the power of God. But after all that time in the house of God in Bethel, all of a sudden Hile gets an idea. Bethel's not good enough for me. Bethel doesn't have everything I want. Bethel doesn't have everything that I feel like I should have. So here's what I want. I'm going to go back to where Jericho was, and I'm going to start rebuilding the foundation of the city of Jericho. I don't want to stay in Bethel. I don't want to live in the house of God. The house of God isn't good enough for me anymore. I want to go back to that city that God destroyed. I want to go back to that thing that God took out of my life and that God got out of my way. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to begin to rebuild what God took out. Of my life. And when he began, brother, when he began, brother Patton to lay the foundation of Jericho, all of a sudden his oldest son, his oldest son began to get sick. And while he built the foundation of Jericho, Abiram took his last breath and died but Hile didn't learn his lesson he didn't stop building Jericho he kept right on building and he built the walls back and then when he finally got the walls done he took the gates and he set the gates in their place and when the gates of the city of Jericho closed his youngest son Ziegab took his last breath and this man got his Jericho but he lost his children He gained Jericho, but he lost his babies. Uh, What a price to pay for getting back in your life something uh, that God had taken away. Let me tell this church something. Uh, If you think we're backing up on what God has brought us out of, I'm not going back. I'm not going back to drugs. I'm not going back to alcohol. I'm not going back to worldliness. I'm not going back to unfaithfulness. What God took out of my life, I'm not bringing back. There's some of you that when you were in the world, you flirted with everything that wasn't a man. There's some of you that when you were in the world, it didn't matter who you laid around with, who you tried to hook up with. Let me tell you that now you've been brought out of that, you better never go back to being an adulterer or a fornicator, or a whoremonger. Don't you rebuild what God took out of your life. When you came and got filled with the Holy Ghost, everything in your life that you laid down at the altar, from a holiness perspective, from a walk with God perspective, don't you go back and pick up another cigarette, don't pick up another beer bottle, don't pick up another in it, another vape, another joint, another drug. Don't you go back to anything. That God brought you out of. Mm. Uh, Bethel's not good enough for me anymore. The house of God doesn't satisfy me anymore. I don't, get it, I don't get all my joy from the house of God anymore. I'm gonna get my joy from the bar room and the meth house. And I'm gonna get my joy on the internet flirting with some woman or some man. I'm gonna get my joy, not 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 from Bethlehem, not from Bethel, the house of God. No, no, I'm gonna get it now from Jericho. I'm gonna go back and put the things on my body that God took off of me when I got the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna put that stuff on my skin that God took away from me when I got filled with the, Look, you better not rebuild what God took out of your life. I wish somebody, say, preach, pastor. I want my life. I don't want to lose my children. I don't want to lose my family to the world. What we learn in Heil is that when somebody gets a taste for Jericho, they won't stop. You would think, you would think that standing at the tomb of his oldest son would have shocked him back. It said, what am I doing? What have I done? But it didn't stop him. Because that Jericho was calling him. He watched watched his baby. He watched his son buried, his oldest son buried while he's building Jericho. But he won't stop. He won't stop. And I've watched people. When they start to backslide, it has an effect on their faithfulness and their kids become unfaithful. And when when the parents should be living for God with everything they've got. Coming to the prayer room, coming to the altar, singing in the choir. Not only do they not do anything in the house of God, but their kids begin to become uninvolved. And they're burying their children. so they can have a Jericho in the world. I'm telling you, Bethlehem, Bethel is good enough for me. The house of God is what I want. I would rather be in Bethel with my children than in Jericho by myself. Start picking stuff back up that you laid down. Don't sin. Don't go back. Uh, the Bible tells us a story of a man that was possessed by the devil. A demonic spirit possessed him. God, the Bible said, let, let me back up. Let me not get to that story. Let me back up to the Man at the Pool of Bethesda. 38 years, 38 years, the man was lame. Jesus walks up to the Pool of Bethesda and he says, Take up your bed and walk. And the guy picks up his bed and where he had been carried when he had had to crawl in, now he walks out and he's delivered at the great miracle at the Pool of Bethesda. Later on, Jesus goes to the temple and he sees in the temple the man that he had raised up at the pool of Bethesda. Now, there's a powerful story there, and you don't have time for me to tell it, but I'll tell you anyway. <laughs> that while the man was crippled, he didn't qualify to go into the temple. It was against the, it was against the, the religious laws that, that a man with that flaw go in through the gate of the temple. That's why in Acts, the man that was laid daily at the gate was laid at the gate because of his handicap. He was not permitted to go past the gate. He couldn't go in. So Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda and he heals this man that, is, that is, is, is lame at the pool of Bethesda. And then later on Jesus goes into the temple to the house of God and the man that used to not be able to go in is there. Amen. What a great miracle. A man that had never been able to come. Jesus had taken what disqualified him away and now Jesus sees him in the temple and Jesus doesn't pat him on the back and say, man, isn't it great being awesome? Am I awesome or what? You, You couldn't walk and now you can pat me. No, no, he didn't do that. Here's what Jesus said, John 5, 14. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. Lest the worst thing Come unto thee. Sir, I took it away. Don't rebuild what I took away. Don't rebuild in your life the thing that I took away because next time it's going to be worse that comes on you. Let me tell you, there is something that is a law of sin that when God brings you out of it. If you ever go back, it's harder to get out of it the second time than it was the first time. That's why you better do everything you can to be faithful and worship and live for God and love God. You better do everything you can to serve him. lest the worst thing come on you. He brought you out of it once. The next time might cost you more. Don't rebuild Jericho or it'll be harder to be delivered the next time. Now to Matthew chapter number 12. It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. That unclean spirit is a demonic spirit. It was come out of a man. The Bible said he walks through dry places. Now, let, me, let me just throw this in here. For those that think worship is just a, much, a bunch of emotionalism and a waste of time and it's just carrying on, I will tell you that devils like dry places. Amen. Because when the demonic spirit came out of a man, he went through dry places. The devil hates places that are well watered by the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why that's why the devil doesn't want you to worship. He wants you to be dry. He doesn't want you to respond to the spirit of the Lord. Because if he can get you dry, it makes him comfortable. That, That that phrase. That phrase, seeking rest, that word rest in the, original, in the original Greek means recreation. The devil walks through dry places seeking recreation. Here's what we know. That when you, that like, like when my wife wants to have fun, she likes to go to the beach. There's not a thing I hate more than the beach hardly. When I want to have fun, take me to a mountain. Amen. You have to say amen. You're allowed to be wrong. Some people, when they wanna have fun, they go play basketball, they go hunting, they go fishing, they pitch horseshoes, whatever, whatever you like to do for recreation. The devil, when the devil's looking for recreation, he tries to find a dry place. Because a dry place is to the devil what a beach is to the beach lover, what the mountain is to a mountain lover, and what basketball is to a basketball lover. It's recreation to the devil. That's one of the reasons why I've made up my mind that I'm going to try to be a worshiper no matter what I'm going through because I don't want the devil to have recreation in my life. Amen. I don't want to be dry and give the devil some recreation. He walks through dry places seeking rest, findeth none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so, shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Jesus said, Don't you let back in your life the things that I kicked out. Because the first time it was one, but now it's seven, and it's going to be harder for you to be delivered. And the state at the end is going to be worse than the first. Don't allow the enemy to rebuild in your life things that God took out of your life. Your hands are lifted all over this place. I'm preaching. I hope there's conviction here right now. Not condemnation. Not trying to condemn people, but trying to convict our heart. There's some folks here, you've let some stuff creep into your life. You can't let the enemy rebuild what God already tore down. There's some young men that are in the fight for your soul here today. The things that God helped you with, don't let, him, don't let the devil build back up. There's some moms and dads that God's trying to help you today and let you know, don't rebuild the things in your life that I brought you out of. Don't go back to the, what the Bible called the beggarly elements of this world. There's some people here, you've been delivered, you've been set free. God has set you on a path for deliverance. Don't you ever go back to the things that God brought you. Don't pick back up the things that God took out of your life. Hile, what were you thinking, sir? What were you thinking, Hile? Did you think that God just was playing when, he, when the spirit of prophecy came on Joshua? He said, don't rebuild the city of Jericho. Did you think he was just teasing? Did you think, it, did you think the man of God was just pa- passing time, just wasting his breath? Is that what you thought? when you began to dig that foundation and you buried your son that you, you didn't stop. You kept on building and you kept on going until you had to have another funeral. And now you've lost the most precious things because your heart wasn't happy at Bethel. You had to have Jericho. Oh God, help us to fall in love with Bethel. Help us, oh God, to fall in love with the house of God. Oh God, help me, Lord Jesus, to find contentment in the house of God. Help me to understand that I'm playing, that this is, this is, this is a high stakes situation here. But this isn't just, this isn't just a, a, a past. This isn't just some, something the preacher cooked up. But this, this, this principle goes all the way back to the very first day that they were in the promised land at Jericho. All the way back to the very first day that they, after they crossed the Jordan River. This principle has been part of the kingdom of God. Don't rebuild what God took out of your life. Oh God, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, but every heart and ear is open to the spirit of the Lord right now, God, I pray that you would bring us, Lord Jesus, to the realization I don't want to rebuild an old enemy. I don't want to rebuild things into my life that were sent to destroy me. I don't want to rebuild the things that God tore down. Let me tell you, if there's people you can't be around and live right, you stay away from those people. Don't rebuild Jericho. If there's environments you get in that make you weak and you can't deal with it, then don't get in those places. Don't, deal, don't do it. Don't rebuild in your life the things that God took away. Oh, Lord Jesus, come on. There ought to be praying from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Every single, every single seat in this building that's occupied by a person ought to be having a prayer go up from it right now. God, help me, Lord Jesus, not to rebuild the Jericho in my life. God, whatever you brought me out of and took away and delivered me from. Don't ever let me rebuild it, God. Don't let me. Don't ever let me want to be worldly when you brought me out of that mess, God. I want to walk in my destiny and I want to walk in my promise and I want to walk in the power of God. I want to walk in the land flowing with milk and honey. I want to walk in the land of my destiny. I want to fulfill your purpose and plan in my life. I don't want to trade my ministry for something, oh God, for a Jericho situation. I don't want to trade my anointing for a Jericho. I don't want to trade my marriage for a Jericho. I don't want to trade my children for a Jericho. I don't want to trade anything in my life for a Jericho. God, I don't want to rebuild in my life things that you brought me out of. God, I don't want to rebuild those walls of that city. God, I want to be holy. I want to be in Bethel. I want to be in the house of God. God, help me to have satisfaction in the house of God. Help me to be satisfied in your presence and in your goodness and mercy. God, help me, Lord Jesus. Help me, God, to not have a taste for Jericho. Come on, the altar's open. There ought to be people coming up here and saying, there ought to be moms and dads coming and saying, God, help me not to let Jericho in my home. There ought to be some young folks that are being tempted and dealing with things. You ought to come to the altar and say, God, help me to love Bethel help me to love the Bethel in my life oh come on there ought to be some wailing there ought to be some, there ought to be some loud praying in this altar right now There ought to be some parents interceding for their children, some children interceding for their parents. Oh, God, help me, Lord, not to rebuild the Jericho in my life. Help me not to go back to that lust that bound me. Help me not to go back to that addiction that bound me. Help me not to become unfaithful Help me not to become worldly and carnal. Whatever I got to do, God, help me not to leave Bethel for Jericho. Oh, I need you, Lord. I need thee, Lord. I need thee. Oh, God, come on, lift your voice to heaven. no shame in being tempted. That's the devil's job. God, I need your help. I got to be a better husband. I got to be a better father. I got to be a better Christian. I got to be a better man. The devil's trying to tempt me to rebuild Jericho, but God, help me to stay in Bethel young folks Lord give them strength and courage touch these young men and young women God these are awesome young people amen if you're not praying about anything else won't you pray for our young people we got great young people I don't know a single bad young person in this church but they're living in the most wicked tempting generation there's ever been and yet they come to the house of God and yet they worship God and are they perfect? No, I'm sure they're not. But they're good young people in their face and they're facing stuff that you and I didn't have to. God bless these young people. God bless these young men and young women who have to face things every day that I never dreamed of when I was a kid. God help these moms and dads who are trying to raise children in this generation. Give them Grace give him wisdom give him direction give him strength give him the anointing god oh hallelujah great day for somebody to be baptized in Jesus' name. This would be a great day for somebody to throw their hands to heaven and be refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you pray one for another? Encourage one another. Strengthen one another.
1: Hey, I'm changed. I'm not going back. I'm changed.
0: amen to the Word of God today. Oh, yes. Thank the Lord for His Word.